Good morning, champions. How are you doing? My day has already been made. One of the recruiting gym members has taken a job, had the job interview, placed, onboarded, all during lockdown. Fantastic news, Abby. Uh, well done for doing so well. It's absolutely fantastic that people are making placements. I treated myself for a round of golf yesterday with a friend and uh, they do contract recruitment within the rail industry and uh, they're seeing things come back pretty fast. I think they've been 50% down uh, during lockdown, uh, but things are bouncing back. Uh, projects are coming back online. And so for those that are in sort of the engineering uh, construction, production uh, environment, I imagine uh, I imagine that uh, things are hopefully going to get better, going to get better soon. So uh, it's uh, it's great news. Now, what we're going to be uh, what we're going to be talking about today is your business model. What is your route to market? And I've said once, I've said twice, I've said many times that the biggest uh, the biggest danger through the uh, through the sort of the, the, the downturn that we're going to go through and hopefully it'll be a ping straight back up but if it is prolonged is that we get trapped into a cycle of chasing bad business. Uh, what do I mean by bad business? This is business where clients never give you feedback. Uh, they use you at the same time as four or five other agencies. The rates are low, the payment uh, schemes are low. And we need to we need to avoid this business at all costs because we can't uh, we can't drive enough volume in order to make money. If you think about it, the average fee for a recruitment company is typically about four grand on perm, uh, maybe two hundred uh, pounds a week on on temp. And what we've got to think about is how much does each consultant need to bill on a monthly basis? Divide that by your average fee, and that will tell you the number of placements that you need to make each month. Now, I know that's pretty straightforward stuff, right? But, but, but if we're moving back to square one and we're having to plan and build for the future, we need to know how many placements we need to make and be clear that if we fill one in four jobs and we need to make two placements, we need eight fillable vacancies that clients engage us with in order to make our two placements. If our fill rates go from 25% to 15%, we may need more vacancies. The problem is, is that we've only got so much capacity to work vacancies properly. And so the thinner we spread ourselves, the less likely we are to make money. Those that succeed over the coming years will be the ones that pick and choose their clients to work with. I was uh, working with a, a recruiter a couple of months ago, and they they work an industrial uh, desk, and and they were banging on the doors of companies where they were going to earn a hundred pounds a week from a placement, uh, and a hundred pounds a week from a placement works when you're able to have long assignment lengths and you're able to fill seven or eight vacancies a week. 
the challenge is, is they were getting leakage business from that company at £100 a week. So the other agencies in that company had 20, 30 staff on site. They were making three, four grand a week from that client. They were making £100 a week, but it was taking about 30% of their effort. That is not going to keep that temp recruiter uh, in business. And we need to make sure we're chasing clients. Now, it doesn't mean to say we don't try and break into those clients, but we have to differentiate working a vacancy as part of a pitch process to see if we can get in the door and working a vacancy because we think it's going to help us make money. Sometimes we will work vacancies with clients where we know we're not going to be able to find someone. And that's OK. But mentally, we manage our time and we use we think of that time as business development time. But we've got to make sure we're working enough vacancies. I remember a uh, a manager once I was working a rubbish job and she went, you know what? Don't call it a job. Say you're working a lead. Uh, because that's all you're doing at the moment. Until the client will meet you, until the clients agree to interview your candidates, you are just working a lead. Because until a client's committed, then 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 there's nothing there's nothing worth worth working for. So, so that's what we're uh, that's what we're doing. Kirsty's just popped up and said we've evaluated clients and we're having a new outlook and starting to look for bids uh, bids for tenders, uh, which is having great results at the initial stages. Uh, that's right, Kirsty. Uh, bids, uh, you've got to win, be winning the right business. It's got to be on the right terms. Uh, but you're right, reevaluating your client base. And so, two of the courses that we're going to be launching in the next uh, sort of four weeks, we're doing one course with Alan Clark on how to sell retainers. We're doing another course with Russell Monday on how to build a contract desk and increase your. Uh, contract desk performance. Why are we why are we doing that? Well, uh, contract uh, is recurring revenue uh, and retained, or I like to call it prepaid uh, or part paid recruitment rather than no win no fee uh, is 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 about getting client commitment. That's what we've got to we've got to move to. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to share one of the images that we use in our leadership program and our business development program to help recruiters understand the type of business that they need uh, to work. So bear with me, uh, bear with me a second. So, so, so what I'm sharing, uh, what I'm sharing now is uh, the, the, the image that basically I use to help people understand the strategy that they need to be using in their, in their, in their business on a day-to-day -day basis. Because recruitment ultimately is about supply and demand. It's about the demand for a skill set and the supply of that skill set. So all of you will have some of the roles that you recruit in some of these different uh, markets. Some of you may well only exist in one of these five areas. Each of these zones is named after the way you need to work your business. So on the far left here, we've got network led. This is where there's a low level of demand for a skill set. But there's also a low level of supply. And what that means is that when you have a candidate and that says, I'm looking for a job, you know it's unlikely they'll get one because there's only four people you could call. Equally, when one of those four people says, we would like someone to do this, you look at them and you go, well, I'll see what I can do. But you know it's unlikely that you're going to get one because you know 
that there's only uh, three other companies that use that skill set. And what this means, it's about knowing everybody in the market, knowing every candidate, knowing every client. Typically, it's search and selection. So like legal recruitment is a little bit like uh, is a little bit like this uh, when you're recruiting at a, a partner level because you're really moving chess pieces uh, around a, around a chessboard. So not many of you will be in this market. The next market is a candidate led market. Now, the, what we're going to differentiate is between a candidate led market and a a candidate short market so a candidate led market you know if you're in a candidate led market is that if you're holding if you're holding a cat a candidate cv and you know they're looking for a job that candidate will break a psl and it will get around an internal recruitment team these are the candidates where where you just know their money in the bank as a uh, the first recruiter i ever knew uh uh, was it Alex George? Oh, I can't remember. But he was uh, George. Uh, dear, he worked for he worked for a sales selection, uh, sales recruitment company in Bristol. So anyway, uh, and in the sales led market, your business development is actually about building uh, a candidate talent pool. The reason why you need to use a prepaid model or a retained model uh, for this zone is that you're going to be putting a lot of upfront sourcing effort with very little chance of actually getting success. Now, the, that upside is if you don't get retained, if you find those candidates, then you, uh, you, you know you can probably place them in other areas, but you still gotta watch the amount of time that you have. So only invest time uh, speculatively. Uh, imagine if instead of, instead of calling it contingent recruitment, we called it speculative recruitment. I think everyone would think very different. different. Uh, so it's like it's like working a contingent job is a bit like entering a lottery. Uh, we would we would like so how many lotteries are you part of today? Oh, I'm in three lotteries. Uh, but 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 we got candidate-led market. So retained is where you want to go on that. Equally, uh, candidate-led markets are great for contract because if companies have a workload that they need doing, but they can't find the people on a permanent basis, that may well open the door to contract. So it's finding the skills in your niche and your discipline that you know they find it impossible to recruit for. And those are the ones you want to have a pool for on a contract basis and talking to clients about recruiting on a contract basis until they find someone on a permanent basis. The next market is the marketing led market. And these are candidate short markets. So you can see there's a closing of the gap between supply and demand. So this means if other agencies get the job first, then they're probably going to find the same people as you. Uh, so exclusivity is really important. Uh, if you want to work multi-agency jobs in a market like management accountants, uh, part qualified management accountants, uh, senior help desk engineers or third line support, you, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a rat race. Retained is really important in this. Uh, market because what it does it allows the gets the client to commit to work with you and for the client it's not about getting a candidate it's about taking their time to find the very best candidate in the market it's about presenting the right employer brand uh to the outside world it's about uh keeping it discreet uh and secret to make sure you don't sort of upset the market uh and from a contract perspective this is often the sweet spot in contract. Again, 
clients will need these skill sets regularly because there's a high demand and they know they could find them perm, but they may not want them on a full time basis. Uh, and this is where these are the types of markets where you can charge higher margins because those candidates are in demand. Uh, and if they're in demand, then they can charge higher rates and you can charge higher margin. Possibly the hardest market to work. And these are the ones where you absolutely have to either be on the PSL or getting exclusivity is where there's an equilibrium between supply and demand. What that means is an internal recruitment team could find uh, candidates and a uh, PSL will definitely be able to deliver. And so what I would encourage you to do is go through the skill sets that you recruit. And what I see some agencies doing is they have a different delivery strategy for different types of skill sets. So if I was to use finance and accounting as an example, if it's a skill set where there's uh, mass demand, uh, then, then they only work it if it's exclusive. The reason being is they're not going to win a foot race uh, for a purchase ledger clerk to work in the centre of Bristol or first line support to work in the centre of Birmingham. They're just not going to win that. Uh, they're just not going to win that sort of. Uh, just not going to win that race. Uh, so, so you've got to be on the PSL. You've got to be getting it first. If your clients are working, that giving you the low level jobs non exclusively then really think about how you're going to work those within your organizations. I know some organizations, that's all the jobs that they give their rookies, and they only let experienced consultants work the roles where they're semi-exclusive or there's you've just got a bit more time to, 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 to work the role. So uh, that's what we've got to be thinking about. And, and, and so as we think about our market more analytically, we've got to be rating clients on what level of commitment do they give us? Uh, firstly, are, have we spoken to them about using you exclusively? The friend I was playing golf with yesterday that runs a business, we were we were talking about how the market is ripe for selling different types of solutions to clients. Many clients will be firing their one or two internal recruiters, uh, but they understand the value of a of a of a of a of an internal talent function. Can you offer to outsource that internal talent function for clients? Uh, it could be that you offer them one recruiter a day a week uh, in exchange for four grand a month. You know, from their perspective, that's probably a pretty good deal, right? Uh, it could be that they pay you a retainer of two grand a month, but the placement fees are 12% or 13%. Uh, but what you do is you give them, but, but see how you can reinvent a standard contingent offering to be a, a partner-led approach to clients. Most clients understand the value of an internal recruitment team. It may be what you do is you uh, agree to work for four grand a month in exchange for every role below a certain level. And But if you imagine you've got a junior recruiter and you've got four clients, then that's 16 grand a month, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, if you've got one person basically working for four companies, recruiting purchase ledger clerks, sales ledger clerks, uh, or junior level roles, and they're doing 16 grand a month, or you're billing 16 grand a month on their behalf, you don't need to charge any fees. You're already getting fantastic productivity from those uh, individuals. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we're trying to uh, achieve, is rethink, really think about what solutions are we offering our clients. The friend that I was speaking to as well was also talking about 
like now is the time for contract. Contract businesses are going to do well. Uncertainty means clients are less likely to commit to perm and will therefore think about, well, could I have them for three months? Could I have them for six months? Could I take them temp for a few months and then we can work out where the economy is going? Uh, the good thing about that is there's in some sectors, there's going to be an abundance of candidates that are willing to do temp. They might not like it, but we will be able to get them back into work. The next 30 to 60 days is going to be really important for where companies go on the furlough scheme, because from I think it's July, they're beginning to have to pay uh, more for those individuals. So we need to think about uh, we need to think about how that's going to work uh, on a on a on a day to day basis. So hopefully this helps. Uh, if you are interested in selling more retainers, uh, then contact myself or Alan Clark. Uh, contact myself if you want to learn about Russell Mondays, uh, building a contract desk course, or reach out to Russell and told him you heard from me, uh, and we can start to talk to you uh, about that. So uh, I look forward to seeing you soon, and uh, I hope this helps. So uh, thank you very much, everybody. Tomorrow uh, we are talking about mental health and well-being, and we will have a great day. See you soon. Take care now. Bye.